0: Welcome to NetFront Presence. I'm Jeff Gordon of the Post Dispatch. We're joined today by Jim Thomas here in the frigid STL and uh, lucky Tom Timmerman, who is our, our beat scribe on the scene in uh, sunny Glendale, Arizona. Uh, Not quite sure how this worked out. Yeah, yeah. You know, when we talked to JT. In what, Vegas, was all that... <laughs> what was I thinking? What was I thinking? Ah. Uh, well, we talked to JT when he was in Vegas, and it wasn't all that warm. Now, uh, Tom, you've gotten a little uh, better with your,
1: your travel. Uh, yes, it has worked out uh, quite well, though, though I don't know what I'm going to do with, the, uh, you know, with my winter coat that I uh, brought along. You know that I needed it to uh, go from the car to the uh, airport in St. Louis, and uh, I'll need it, I guess, when I get back. But other than that, uh, yeah, no bundling up required here in the uh, Valley of the Sun right now. All right, so we'll jump right in. And uh, guys, against
0: all odds, um, our heroes once again are, are, are facing the Coyotes. And JT, what have we learned about the Coyotes? Because it's pretty much, it feels like uh, you're now the Coyotes beat writer.
2: <laughs> well, you know, uh, they, they simply have the Blues number. I, I believe I wrote a version of this story last year. Now, since 2017-18, they, they're 9-3-1. and one against the blues nine, three and one. Now, if it were the Boston Bruins or maybe Tampa Bay, we'd say, Oh, okay. Well, you know, tough opponent opponent, but Arizona's pretty much been an average team in, 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 in recent years. So it, in a way it kind of defies logic, but you know, Rick Tockett knows Baruby very well. It's probably Baruby's best friend in the business. He, 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 he can get inside uh baruby's head he knows how baruby likes to play and i i think they they play a. maybe they're a little faster than the blues but they play a similar game at least in theory forecheck good defense good goaltending and they've just kind of for going on four years now they've just kind of beaten the blues at their own game yeah i think that this has proved that this this would
1: not be the playoff matchup that the blues would want to see (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, that's yeah. And we're close to having a best of seven series. The reality, though, is that even if the Blues lose today in game, which would be their fourth, they still have to play the next two games. You can't get out of this one that easily. So yeah, you know, and the odds though would be against these teams meeting at least in the first round of the playoffs. But yeah, the Blues, the Blues can't beat these guys. And um, Rick talking maybe in uh, Craig Bruby's head, but I think he's in the entire team's head. I think the entire team has done enough things that. You know, if they did things differently, they could win these games. You know, was he in Jane Schwartz's head when he took the penalty to wipe out the power play with two minutes to go the other night, or whatever it is? Something's happening. Well,
0: guys, I have a so I'm in a league. I'm in a fantasy league where we draft the we draft the team, and then there are no more changes. It's twelve teams. You draft thirty two players, thirty two rounds. In round thirty two, I take Connor Garland. Round thirty two in a twelve team league. It's
2: I you do round
0: thirty two. And I look at the guy, and he's slightly built. He's got the goofy mustache. Um, but it's like we're looking at, uh, you know, Connor McDavid out there. What's up, JT? Why can't
2: they stop this guy? Well, that entire line, it's like Bergeron, Marchand, and Pasternak there. You know, Schm- Nick Schmaltz, St. Louis' uh, Clayton Keller, a little, for the life of me, maybe Tom. I can't figure out if he's from Swansea. Or Chesterfield. I see birthplaces as both. Well. But we still mm-hmm. claim them, obviously, all in the St. Yeah. Louis area. That line is just uh, its – it's been in- incredible uh, uh, against the Blues, and uh, they, they don't seem to have an answer. It's basically that line and Christian Dvorak. And thats they, they've accounted for, I want to say, I believe it's 12 of the goals in in, in these first four games. So, uh, yeah, Connor Garland, superstar. Who, who would have thunk it? a pretty shrewd draft move, huh? Jeff, okay, by you? Huh? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> take a, take him COVID, out. I actually had to use the guy
0: because, all you know, one, he was hot, and two, everybody else was in my COVID list. So yeah.
1: the problem is that after this week, with we, the Coyotes only play the Blues one more time. So who knows what he'll do once the Blues go away? <laughs> you may get nothing from him the rest of the season. They'll all fall
2: off the edge of the earth, right?
1: You know, and not only Clayton Keller, not only Swansea, Chesterfield. His name is Clayton, so um, I mean, he kind of touches <laughs> the Metro East, the inner suburbs, and the outer suburbs, yeah. all in all, in one player.
2: I wonder if he has a middle name. Maybe it's Dogtown or something. I don't yeah. know <laughs> I represent the uh, city. Uh, right, anyway, he, the trio. I just want to mention that in four all games right. now, Smalls, Keller, and the aforementioned uh, Counter Garland, uh, fifteen points in four games. Six, nine, six goals, nine assists. So Now,
0: and the other issue that the Blues have is is trying to beat the uh, Coyotes goaltender. Darcy Kemper has been one of the better goaltenders in the league when healthy. And when he's not healthy, Antti Rontas played and played very well against the Blues. The Blues are going to see both guys uh, in Glendale. And uh, both guys have been, man, they've played well. Both those guys have played very well against the Blues.
2: Yeah, Ronte's had some. He he's had some injury problems this year, and and in the past he for the he he was uh, uh, their number one guy for for a while, and now K- Kemper's taken advantage of uh, of the injuries and moved to the uh, to the forefront. And they have both been tough for 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 the Blues to 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 get some goals on. But that, that's all right, Jeff. The Blues are going to counter at least one of these games with Villy the kid. Who so so look out, <laughs> huh?
1: But two of those goals, though, the Blues got against Kemper. They, they, they pulled him out, and they snuck in behind him. So, uh, you know, that's in the scouting report on how uh, Kemper's going to play uh, certain things, but uh, O'Reilly and Perron both took advantage of that. But other than that, they're not getting pucks past these guys. Nowhere near enough. Now, an
0: unhappy topic that we didn't have a chance to explore because we found the full extent of the, uh, the injury – uh, was uh, was Robert Thomas. It's been a frequent discussion point here on the net front. Uh, we, uh, we thought when we started this process for this year that Robert might be one of the breakout stories, um, anything but, and uh, finally scored a goal on like his fifth shot of the season and then suffers an injury, which turns out to be quite severe. Man, this whole year is looking like uh, JT a waste for uh, one of the most promising guys on the team.
2: Yeah, and uh, what I'm told organizationally, I, I know Baruby said four to six weeks, but I'm told organizationally they're, they're thinking six weeks. And as uh, Tom pointed out, I think even one of their releases they said six weeks and not uh, not four to six weeks. So uh, that takes you, what, till the till the end of March? And uh, you don't know with a thumb, a hand thing, it, it could take longer than that. Uh, so, uh, Yeah. And uh, the look on Thomas's face—just he was beaming after the goal, just relief cascading throughout his his body. And and then uh, five and a half minutes later, he's got a broken thumb. Uh, compliments of uh, uh, Nick Smaltz, and and uh, you know this wasn't one of those accidental trips either. Where oh, I got my stick on your skates. He stuck his foot in there with, with the intention of of knocking him uh, knocking him over. So the Blues have had some. Very bad luck injury-wise with plays that, uh, shall we say, weren't the the epic uh, uh, case of uh, uh, sportsmanship. And so, yeah, Thomas is out. And now for all the talk about the Blues' uh, depth, uh, it, 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 it's being tested. I mean, you've got Bozak out, you've got Blay out, and now you've got uh, uh, Thomas out. And, oh, yeah, uh, this guy Tarasenko still isn't in the uh, – uh, lineup, so the Blues are really reaching deep into their depth. Mackenzie McEckern, uh, Jacob Delarose, uh, although both played fairly well. McEckern, I thought, played really well in, in the time he got, but uh, it's not the same Blues team we saw just uh, you know, a few short weeks ago.
1: Yeah, I don't know that that ultimately, you know, Jacob Delarose is the guy you are gonna need to be counting on for, for too much because that's just, I don't, you know, he's gonna penalty kill and he's going to play the fourth line um it does mean Oscar Sundquist and Ivan Barbashev are going to have to do more um and Sundquist moving back to the middle and but then most surprisingly of all the arrival of Ivan Barbashev on the Ryan O'Reilly David Perron line that uh that's that's and I'm still trying to juggle this in my head that you you sure you need four checking Mike Hoffman's on the third line He's on the second power play unit or now, or sometimes now the first power play unit. But it seems like, boy, that's, you know, I don't know if Barbashev on that top line is going to be a long-term thing or, you know, how that works out on, you know, is the forechecking that essential? Can they not get it somewhere else? What does it say about Mike Hoffman's role here on this team?
0: Yeah, I think the chief, it's interesting because the chief was trying to get the team back to playing more chief hockey. So, I mean, he's pretty, he's got a comfort zone by with Barbershift moving up, which he's done from time to time. Not a terribly productive player, but he'll bang around and, uh, you know, contribute to a goal uh, by uh, with, 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 a, with a sort of a sturdy play in the middle of the ice. Uh, Sonny getting to be on the, the front, net front presence guy, uh, getting some love there, getting some, uh, some additional responsibility. You know, those are chief guys. Uh, and, uh, and as is McKecker, the chief guy getting some minutes, so he's trying to get, you know, some chief hockey going, which is, which I get. And theoretically that could help the team get more into chief mode, but on the flip side, while we're not talking about an injury, guys, guys, Zach Sanford, whoa, horrible penalty. And frankly, it's not been what you'd call a JT, a, a great start for, for Zach.
2: Yeah, one goal, one assist in, uh, in uh, 12 games, and, uh, yeah, just not seeing him. I, I wonder if the Blues were healthier, if he'd be in the uh, lineup now. And, and just to riff off of what uh, what Tommy said about Barbashev, in an, basically in announcing the promotion of Barbashev to the top line, uh, the, the quote from Chief was something along the lines, well, he's he's played largely uninspired hockey this season. Since since when does that uh merit a promotion? I mean, first line. That's valuable real estate. I guess it's also uh it's also a message or a reminder to us that apparently apparently the chief doesn't like uh maybe the defense or the two hundred foot game of Mike Hoffman to keep him on the third line. At least he's on the first power play now. But uh, strangely, as I as I wrote today, I mean one of the main reasons, one of the main selling points in Tory krug was, well, look at this guy, quarterback the power play, and 12 games in, he's been demoted to the uh, second power play unit, which gets what maybe half the time. So it's been a very strange year for uh, Baruby lineups, line changes, and at least in the time i've been covering the team i can't remember a stretch where there's there have been so many changes right before the game like even uh the pregame uh skate uh comes out and we're like wait wait a minute what's he doing there and and, and where's so and so sometimes even after the pregame skate so chief has been scrambling to to find something to 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 play as you call it chief hockey
1: I think we've seen over the years, Zach Sanford is one of is streaky, moody, whatever is, you know, when he, when he gets going, he'll be great. And when he's not going, um, he's, he's not going. So um, right now he's in that not going mode, but yeah, they don't have um, the options because you got guys who can play chief hockey, but you, you don't have guys who can score goals. Zach Sanford, when things are going well, will score goals. and, and, Mackenzie McEachern will forecheck, but will not score goals. So unless they plan on getting a lot of one, nothing wins, uh, goals will have to be scored at some point in this process. And that's going to buy Sanford some time. You know, they also, they, you know, they lose him on the penalty kill. They talk, you know, he, Zach Sanford turns up in the darndest places. So, uh, you can never <laughs> rule him out, but, uh, yeah, certainly right now he's in one of those down Zach uh, situations.
2: And I no, think, Jeff, it's it's the same old thing. It's the uh, moving his feet and being harder on the puck. He's still – he's a big guy. He's gotten bigger, stronger. He still gets knocked off the puck too easily. Now, when
0: we look at the uh, – you know, these some of these issues you've, uh, you've raised here are issues that uh, we could have seen coming. Now, let's start with Mike Hoffman. When we talked about Hoffman's arrival, <laughs> he came with – Oh, you know, he's, he's a shooter. He's a volume shooter. He scores goals. He does not check. He does not play a full game. He never has. That's not what he does. So knowing that going in, Doug Armstrong gives Craig Ruby, a guy that doesn't really in some ways doesn't fit. He fills a need, but not a natural fit. And I guess we're seeing uh, that play out right now.
2: Yeah. Uh, and it and, and looks like Hoffman is trying. I mean, he, I think he's trying to check. I think he's trying to play defense. But uh, he kind of is what he is. Those guys. And and I remember I, I I talked to Bill Lindsay, the the NHL Network guy who who does the radio, I believe, or, or maybe TV. He's on one of the broadcasters for the Panthers. And and he watched uh, Hoffman for a couple of years. And he's uh, he said, you know, Quenville would get on him to to play defense. And like all scores, I I still remember Stasny. Talking about Tarasenko, only half jokingly saying, "Well, you know, when Vladdy's not scoring, he pouts, and that's what scorers do." And so you, you you knew what you were getting, and but it, it just uh, it just was kind of strange how quickly, apparently Baruby didn't like what he saw because he was on the he was on the first line for like a game, I think maybe mm-hmm. two games, and then all of a sudden he's down on the third line, and that you know that could mean the difference you know, maybe four minutes a game, you know, that, that uh, less that you're getting and, and also knocking him down to the uh, the second power play unit. Although now he's, he's on the first and uh, as of a Monday night's game, and you know, it looks like he will uh, uh, at least based on practice, he'll be on the first unit uh, again, but yeah, kind of a, uh, a round peg in a, in a square hole here in terms of Hoffman. But if he gets his usual 25, 30 goals, I don't think anybody will matter. It's, it's kind of like he's a poor man's uh, Vladdy. I mean, he's not the player that Vladdy is, you know, the good scorer, but not quite in Vladdy's class. But, uh, again, he's uh, – uh, I, I guess he's, he, he's not quite playing Chiefs game yet.
1: This could speak – I mean, we saw it with Justin Falk last season, and you talked about it about Tory Crew, you know, acclimating, getting into this. And this could be one of the dangers of signing a, a one-year free agent – which is by the time Mike Hoffman learns how to, well, you know, what Berube, you know, wants from him, how much time is left? You know, does does it happen in, you know, April? You know, when does it happen? this Things are gonna happen fast this year. And if you've got to acclimate to a new system, um, you know, it, time is running out. Um, so that's gonna be something. I, inv- I gotta believe that Hoffman's gonna end up back on the first line just because it's too valuable a commodity. Goals are too precious. Um, and I guess the hope is if you can get Barbershop to jumpstart things and you know more goals come in that maybe it changes the complexion and that confidence comes back throughout the team, uh, maybe you can do it. But I mean, if, if Mike Hoffman's still on the third line in March, which is not all that far away anymore, um, <laughs> what does that say about the situation? You know, the last thing I'll say about the, or the last
0: point on that topic is if this team's at full strength and if this team is fully operational the third line is really the fourth line we've talked about this the chief will if the chief has a fourth line that he quote unquote fourth line that he likes he's going to start periods with that group he's going to use that group to protect leads he's going to use that group to do some shutdown work and he's going to lean hard on his top two lines for offensive zone starts if you're on that third group and he's leaning hard on his top scoring lines. And he's leaning hard on that fourth line that he's in love with in, in a certain situations and you're not killing penalties and you're on the second power play unit, as well as the third line, you know, your role, you're in the flow of the game. You could be kind of, you could be a perimeter, a peripheral player on this team. If you, in that role, if this team is fully operational.
2: Yeah. And uh, uh, you know, when Vladdy comes back and who knows when that's going to be, we're talking March there already. Then, 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 what do you do? It's hard to imagine Sanford with O'Reilly and Perron if if Flatty's if back, and and I would think maybe that's the logical logical move. Uh, who knows? Uh, you know the 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 in terms of who knows in terms of Jordan Cairo, that line has kind of dried up now. Uh, they've gone uh, four games without a goal, two games without a point. Cairo looks like he's doing a little more just kind of that floating around uh, uh, after the, the uh, uh, shootout loss uh, Monday to, to Arizona, a, a couple of readers were uh, 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 like texting and, and on Twitter saying, uh, uh, why didn't Cairo play in overtime? Well, <laughs> he did play in overtime. <laughs> he, he, he got a shift and, and that's how invisible he was that you didn't even notice he was, he was on the ice and he was, he was just kind of floating around out there. So We'll see. I would think if, if that second line continues to struggle that, that maybe Kairos, uh, uh maybe pushed down to the, to the third line and, and maybe Hoffman at least moves up there. I think Hoffman prefers to play right wing. So that's something to keep an eye on. I would think.
1: Yeah. I don't know. You know, everything else has changed and that one line has stayed stayed the same. And uh, if things don't change, that's, that's the inevitable move. And, uh, but if he keeps Schwartz and Chen together, then, yeah, it's, uh, you know, there's always pairs. And then it's that the odd man, it's O'Reilly and Perron and someone else Schwartz and Chen and someone else. So uh, how does, how does that work? And yeah, does Mike Hoffman fit in on that line? Those would be the, the questions if they don't start becoming more productive soon. i moving to the blue line. Uh, JT, you, you mentioned Tori
0: Kruger earlier. And a an interesting look at him. On, on STL today in the Post Dispatch, uh, certainly I think he's uh, probably exceeded expectations for this five-on-five play uh, based on his role in Boston, but has not uh, met expectations on the power play. Uh, I think at the moment the chief will live with that because he's getting a pretty solid, some pretty solid defensive minutes out of him. Uh, and, but certainly the style of this team uh, and this team's power play, uh, as described. Uh, in, on our side, in our newspaper, uh, really different than what he was used to in Boston.
2: Well, for, for one, that, that that the guy on the top, the quarterback in the blue system, Baruby wants them to shoot the puck, you know, from the blue line or just in the blue line. Apparently he wasn't called upon to do that at all. And so Chief has had to talk to him about him, encourage him to shoot. His only goal of the season was, 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 was from the top. I guess, you know, when you have Bergeron, Marshawn and Pasternak, maybe you don't have to shoot. You just, you just feed them, uh, feed them the candy, you know, so to speak and let them do their thing. But uh, uh, you know, the the chief he's just searching because they've they've been so bad that, yeah, they did look better on a couple of the, uh, the power plays on Monday night, but still only one for four. And I, I still maintain, and and this is hardly a brilliant uh, analysis, but, you know, if they were just average on special teams, they probably have a couple more victories. You know, the, the special teams are just killing them. Not, not, not just the power play, but the PK and, and taking the uh, kind of the dumb penalties, which really very unlike the blues. Yeah. We're used to seeing Sammy Blay and Perron maybe take a dumb penalty now and then, but the blues have been last three, four years. They've been among the least penalized teams in the league, both in number of penalties and in minutes. So you have all that. I, I would think maybe there, there might be a time where, where Krug would, uh, would get back on the top unit. But again, just the one game, uh, Justin Falk ha- has a harder shot than Krug. Not that Krug has a bad shot but and, and Justin Falk is not afraid to shoot the puck, which you kind of like on, on a power play. So I, I, I think chief might, uh, he might let that ride, uh, a little bit. And, uh, and, and and Krug, who, whose head still uh, has the most, uh, he's getting to see the most power play time of anyone, will we'll get some lesser time now in the second unit.
1: I will say, we talked, you know, Falk adapting last year. You can tell Krug has a role. And I think Krug, for whatever transition, on, is having a good season. And he's better than certainly Falk was at this same point last year. I mean, it's, you know, Falk was, I was say lost out there, but they didn't know what to do with him. Um, he didn't find a place. I think Krug, they have a place for him, and he is adapting. And I think we'll see more uh, of Tori Krug, I think, as this season goes on.
0: Okay, and as we uh, hit the last topic here on the net front, looking at the other D-men, um, Nico Mania has sort of subsided. <laughs> uh, that is uh, you know, he's jumped in there, he certainly looks like a, a chief uh defenseman, but you still gotta. Game to game shift to shift, hard job. Uh, we had we saw a little slippage there. Uh, Bortuzzo, looking forward to the sun and the valley of the sun. Uh, they were glad to get him back in the mix, and they'd really like to get Scandella back and get him back playing the way he is. And he'd like to get Colton Pareko, 100 healthy. So guys, plenty of uh, plenty of other issues uh, with the uh, with the other D men right now. Again, as the as the scramble continues, as he tries to find the right mix back there.
2: Yeah, yeah, still still kind of a. Uh, a search. You would think if Scandello was back, that he would be with pareco because it seems like he likes the Krug uh, Falk combination, and they're they're holding up. I, I think better defensively than than maybe we all thought. And, and the two are uh, again certainly not the end all be all. I mean, Falk is is plus twelve, Krug is plus eleven. They're they're in the top, both in the top four in the league uh, in 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 that category. Uh, Mortuzo I think he will get a chance. I think we all thought with uh, uh, the right-handed, left-handed the imbalance kind of taken care of with Petro's departure in, in a way that bortuzo might get to see more time. But uh, Pareco, you know, Tom and I are both aware he, he's dealing with an injury, uh, an undisclosed injury and uh, it, it's affecting him. And uh, my gosh, he's already, we're, we're what, barely a month into the season and he's already missed about what a about a half a dozen days of practice due to maintenance days. And I, I know what the, you know, the fans are, are saying, well, if he's hurt, just sit him out for a few games. I don't think this is something that's just going to go away in, in a couple of days. So uh, he, he, I think there, he's just going to have to deal with it, take some time off, get the treatment. And, and it's just going to be one of those uh, seasons for Pareco, which, which is unfortunate. You know,
1: we've always heralded, uh, the depth of this defense core. And you have a point where Scandella is banged up. Pareko is not hundred percent. Portuzo is out. Now Perunovic is gone for the year. So now, I mean, they've got eight defensemen on the roster right now. Um, two of which, you know, don't always practice. Scandella is not playing at all. That gets you down to, you know, Jake Wallman is, you know, on the, is, is there. And then you got Mitch Renke and that's, you know, after that, then the the cupboard's, bear after that so um you know as you wonder about vince dunn's position going forward all of a sudden they don't have a whole lot to play with there and especially you know carl Gunnerson, not probably at the peak of his career uh right now we love we love carl but um you know it's you know time catches up uh you know with all of us i don't write as well as i did five years ago so um uh, don't tell the bosses that.
2: but not uh, true
1: you know it's uh, um yeah, so it's 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 becoming an interesting situation. You wonder, is you know, could they could they trade Vince Dunn right now? What would that do to their defenseman situation?
0: Yeah, and to, and to touch on Perunovic a bit more, uh, just unfortunate. You know, he wasn't going to be part of the answer this year, but he loses a really important year of development. Just, he would have gotten some games in the uh, American League. Admittedly, probably not a whole lot. Uh, with the COVID and what's happened in the minors and players having to be, uh, you know, sharing time with another organization's squad. But nonetheless, he would have gotten some time in the A this year. Now he does not. And a tough break because uh, basically, and plus this being a shoulder injury uh, and what that does for training and questions it raises going forward, I mean, just all the way around a a tough deal for for Brunovic
2: yeah it, it, a lost season and and you hate to see it and then let's go back to right when he uh when he signed uh i guess it was in march i think when the, a couple of weeks after the pandemic started there was some hope that he would be allowed to join the blues practice with the blues and play perhaps in, in in the playoffs and the league turned that down for those drafted players and now he 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 doesn't get to play at all and he he was slated for the AHL. And even he knew it. I, I, I talked to him, uh, might've might been like October or maybe early November. And, and he talked about how he was allowed to practice with the team before the restart in, in, uh, in July that he, he joined the team and w- was able to practice with him for, uh, for about three weeks. And, and he said he knew right then that he wasn't quite ready, that he needed to get stronger and work on some things. Really a great self-awareness I thought for, for a guy who was the Hobie Baker winner, college hockey's top player, but yeah, it's a shame. It's just, just going to be a, a lost year for him. And as a smaller guy, you worry about shoulders, you know, if he's going to get banged around more, uh, if that shoulders going to be a, a, a nagging thing, which they can be, you know, see, see Vladdy Tarasenko.
1: Yeah, that's this shoulder is not a good situation. It seems to be the predominant blues. Either they get concussions or they have shoulder injuries. That seems to be the uh, what happens to these guys. Or injuries of choice takes it, fuck off the leg. Um, but anyway, yeah, it's uh, it'll be tough because yeah, it'll, it'll, you'll you go into next year in kind of like a Jordan Cairo situation. Is he ready? Can he st- can he step in? Can you plan? And if you haven't seen the guy, uh, it's harder to do that. Okay, important topic as we can hit out the door. Uh,
0: The Tim man had a chance to to, to hit the Cracker Barrel across the street. Uh, Go around the table here. uh, Favorite Cracker Barrel breakfast. Uh, I don't know if JT's on on board with it, but country fried breakfast for me. Country fried breakfast uh, with country fried steak and, of course, the biscuits and gravy and scrambled eggs and, of course, the hash brown casserole.
2: I I like a little bacon. I I, I do enjoy the Cracker Barrel uh, uh, biscuits. Uh, I'm usually an omelet guy. Now, I I prefer the Waffle House omelet to the Cracker Barrel, but the Cracker Barrel omelet's not bad. All right. uh, Tom?
1: Well, I had the uh, the sausage and scrambled eggs this morning, but um, since I will be eating at the Cracker Barrel probably every day while I'm here in uh, Glendale, because there's not a whole lot of other uh, options in the immediate vicinity of the hotel, uh, I think Country Fried is coming up uh, tomorrow for the uh, tomorrow's cuisine. I'll be rotating through primarily sampling the country, the Cracker Barrel menu over the days ahead. Uh, the glamorous life of a sports writer, guys. Everybody's listening and
0: everybody's jealous. Well, for for Jim Thomas, <laughs> for Tom Timmerman, I'm Jeff Gordon. This has been Netfront Presence. A reminder that you can check all of our podcasts out on STL Today slash podcast. You can also find the Netfront on uh, the uh, various podcast apps out there. Uh, make sure that you like us and Tell your friends about us because uh, we're in the middle of, our, of a really interesting hockey season, and we're going to do all that we can to, to help it make it uh, help it be more enjoyable. So, for J.T. for Tom, I'm Jeff. Until next time, see you.